we look at, you know, what is the top-down example that your senior leadership are setting for your company? Can they or have they expressed vulnerability in their own management of stress? Have they created an environment of permission to raise your hand and say, I am stressed, I need to take a couple of days off? And more importantly, are they acting? Are they creating policies that specifically support and create space for employees to think about and improve their mental health and stability overall? The companies that are doing that best are seeing, honestly, the best adoption and getting the best engagement and seeing the best results from the Headspace program. Hey, everybody. I'm Lori Rudiman. Welcome to Punk Rock HR. My guest this week is Lindsay Crittenden. She's the head of Headspace for Work. Are you like, wait, Headspace for Work? I thought that was a meditation app on my phone. Yeah, me too. That's part of the reason why Lindsay joined me today. On this episode, we're talking about the benefits of mindfulness and more thoughtful behavior on the work environment and on our individual lives when we're not working. Although I don't know when that is. We also talk about COVID-19 because, well, that's on everybody's 2020 podcast card. But we use this opportunity to talk about how to emerge from this pandemic in a healthier way. World Mental Health Awareness Day is October 5th. And really, honestly, it should be every day. So if you're interested in a conversation about well-being at work and fixing work, please sit back and enjoy this discussion with Lindsay from Headspace for Work. Hey, Lindsay, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's so lovely to be here. Well, I'm really grateful that you're here. You know, the world is on fire. There are a lot of things happening across the planet. And I've got someone who's dedicated to making the world and the world of work a little bit better. So can you start off by telling me a little bit about who you are and what you do? Absolutely. So I'm Lindsay Crittenden, and I have the good fortune of running the Headspace for Work business. The Headspace for Work business is working with companies across the spectrum, big and small, globally to help them identify best ways to improve the workplace. I also have the really great fortune of having come from starting several companies myself and really been in the weeds on building a healthy, productive culture. So that is also one of the things that I enjoy doing most is what does it look for ground up culture building? That's really interesting because I think everybody has a reason why they do what they do. And it sounds like as someone who's passionate about entrepreneurship and innovation, you're really aligned with your purpose and your passion. But maybe tell me, why do you do what you do? Why are you at Headspace? What's the driving purpose for you? I love that question. Ultimately, the reason I'm at Headspace is that it's a really rare opportunity to marry personal passion with, frankly, the things that I just love doing on a day-to-day basis. The thing that really brought me to Headspace, I'm a user. It has helped transform my life in so many ways. But I want to you know, step back from that a little bit and just talk about Headspace, which is our culture is fantastic. You know, every business has its issues. I don't want to say otherwise, but ultimately, the thing that is most refreshing about Headspace and what really brought me in is that everyone at the core is there because of the mission. I think that that is a really unique thing. You can go and work at a lot of tech companies or a lot of content companies where everyone might be there for slightly different reasons that don't always align, but at Headspace at the core, 
that people are driven by by our mission every day. And that is incredibly exciting. And then, you know, the beautiful thing about the Headspace Fork business, you know, it's a newer business line within the company. Having the opportunity to take what's best about Headspace and build out teams that really execute to bring the best of Headspace to other companies, I can't imagine a better job, frankly. It's a great fit for the things that I'm excited about. Well, that's really cool. And quite an opportunity. You know, you talked about how you're just enamored with the mission of Headspace. And I wonder if you can talk about that. What is Headspace overall and what is Headspace for work? Great question. So the mission of Headspace is to make the world a healthier and happier place, which is a very broad vision. We do that primarily through the design and development of scientifically backed mindfulness content that we put into the world via, you know, we have an app, a mobile app that many people would be familiar with. We have a lot of original content channels. So whether it's YouTube or other, frankly, really exciting opportunities that we'll be announcing over the coming months in terms of off-platform content, we call it. And honestly, real-life experiences, really coming to companies, coming to healthcare companies, and really sitting down and having conversations with them about how to drive cultural change. That also includes lots of really fun things like headspace events and live meditation series and all that sort of stuff that comes by having a relationship with us. Headspace for Work, really specifically, our mission is to manifest the headspace promise within the workplace. And what that means, stepping back for a little bit, is that we really partner with the companies who we work with to bring credible expertise into the organization. That might sound a little bit airy-fairy, I will admit. But the reality of the situation is that the reason that Headspace started the enterprise business is because we kept having very senior leaders reach out to the company and saying, would this work for my company? Is this something that might work for my organization? You know, my team is really struggling. Is this something that you would be able to help us with? And honestly, as a growing direct-to-consumer business, you're focused on that for a long time. But this is really a demand that we couldn't turn our back on, especially because the workplace is a place where you may be introduced to mindfulness for the very first time. You may not be the person who goes out seeking a meditation app. But you might really benefit and the workplace could be a very safe place for you to learn about mindfulness practices. Well, I wanted to take a second here and talk a little bit about what mindfulness is because I think that there's a big, broad bucket and a big definition that's used for mindfulness. How does Headspace define it? Headspace defines mindfulness as the single word that I can use is intentionality. So there is a lot of science behind the actual meditation practice. You know, the idea that you can really help your brain build a relationship with your mental health that helps you lower anxiety, lower depression, lower stress levels. There's a whole body of scientific evidence that proves that meditation can do that. When we talk about mindfulness, we mean intentionality. We mean intentionality, whether it's meditation, intentionality in terms of workouts, which we have workouts in the app that are all about mindfulness, intentionality and focus. So what it looks like to operate at peak performance and even having music that goes along with that. That's how Headspace thinks about mindfulness. It is a more broad definition. I think a lot of people might understand. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's totally relatable. Well, speaking of relatable, you recently published a new mental health trends report that I got my hands on, and it covers the challenges that are really affecting workplace mental health. So instead of me just reading from it, why don't you tell me what are some of the good things in there that people can find? Absolutely. So I'm really excited about this report because it speaks to a couple of angles that are really important for leaders who focus on the health of their employees. So there are two areas that I get really excited about and that I think have revealed a lot of meaningful insights for industry leaders, which is one, there is a meaningful company impact to ignoring and or not addressing stress in the workplace. The very first stat that I actually want to focus on in terms of company is that a million people miss work every day due to stress globally. There's a trillion dollars in lost productivity annually due to stress, anxiety, and depression. And 30% of workers believe they themselves likely suffer from anxiety and depression. So I want to stop for a second and say, when I read that, I'm in this business and I think about this every single day. And those numbers, they blew my mind just in terms of both company impact as well as human impact. So that's the first place I'd start. You know, Lindsay, when I hear those statistics, I feel like leaders, executive teams, investors have really let the workforce down. Now, I'm a cynic. (laughs) This is my natural tendency. This is actually part of my brand, but it's how I feel. I wonder what I should be thinking when you read those statistics to me. Like, Where should my mind go? Because I get a little angry. I know that's not the mindful approach to have, but where should I go with that information? I will admit you are not alone. I exist as an advocate for employees and for the companies who employ them. And when I read things like that, I absolutely agree. But the real opportunity is honestly the opportunity. When you look at a lot of the services and the benefits and the education that happens in the workplace, there are not a lot of programs that address stress. But if you have the ability to address stress inside of your workplace, then that is an undiscovered gem that that's focused by the senior leaders as well as day-to-day managers. That can really meaningfully improve your business performance. So as much as you might get angry, there's actually like a really good nugget of opportunity here. Well, that's certainly a healthy and productive way to think about that. So thank you for that. (laughs) I appreciate that. Oh my goodness. Well, I know that there's another set of statistics, another piece of information you want to share with us from the report. So what's that? Yeah. So speaking about the people, really good conversation in terms of have we been let down? I think that the information there is really mixed, which is this won't be a surprise, but 50% of employees say that work-life balance is the greatest source of stress for them right now. And so in a lot of ways, if work-life balance is the thing that is really getting to you, it's a lot of the work that's getting in the way of a lot of the balance. (laughs) So that's one of the things that your team members are experiencing. Here's the other one. 89% of workers believe their company should offer mental health benefits and 12% of employees actually believe that their companies are doing that. Wait, wait, wait. I want to take a step back. I'm terrible at math. Yeah, so yeah. 89% of people think that... Their company should offer mental health benefits. But only 12% think that they 
do? Is that a lack of information? 12% believe their employers offer a holistic mental health program. And I want to define that a little bit as a way that we think about a holistic mental health program, which is holistic mental health program is not an EAP. And a holistic mental health program is not a gym membership. A holistic mental health program looks at the needs of the employees and the employee population and thinks about their mental health, not from an expense category, but actually from an opportunity for growth and change. So Lindsay, I just want to clarify with that really interesting statistic. So while 12% believe that employers offer that. It could be more, but it's just the fact that employees aren't aware of the benefits that are being offered. Is that correct? Or is there another interpretation of that? That's absolutely correct. That is 100% correct. Well, that sucks because there may be companies who are doing really great work in this space and offering a holistic mental health benefit, which is more than an EAP. Well, why don't you tell us what a holistic mental health benefit or platform is? Excellent question. The way that we think about a holistic mental health program, I like to use the word program because it's often platform and services combined. There's a spectrum. So one end of the spectrum is in wellness, which that might look like your gym membership, all the way up to you know the other side of the spectrum, which is helping your employees manage chronic conditions. And there are places in the middle along that spectrum that go from, hey, gym membership all the way to diabetes management. So a comprehensive holistic mental health program really dives into what's called health promotion, which is doing more to encourage a healthy lifestyle and offering more programs and services. A really good example, frankly, is Headspace. The ability to offer that actually helps employees really think through what their health opportunities might be. Next on the spectrum is really focusing on not necessarily chronic condition management, but action around what you learn. So if you're measuring stress levels, well, what is an action that you can take? That is the next category. And the last category might be a full counseling services. There are lots of companies out there that do provide tele-mental health services, and that would be another option. All of those options, those can provide wraparound services for your employees. Well, that certainly makes sense to me. And it seems like, you know, if I'm thinking about modern leadership, that's the way of the future. And mindfulness is definitely a big part of the conversation at the moment especially as people are trying to cope with, you know, the pandemic and working from home and societal unrest. And so I wonder how mindfulness at work and specifically Headspace at work can actually benefit people. Like, give us the case for that. The benefits are, there are a couple of science points, and then I just want to speak to the human part of it. So meditation specifically increases productivity. It increases focus. It brings down stress levels, has a lot of very practical impact for the employee and their performance. So I don't know about everyone else who's listening to this podcast, but I am home. I have two children. They're in elementary school. There is education happening. I also have a job that I love and work very hard. And we're in the Bay Area, which means that we're inside or in our house a lot, given some of the restrictions. So Meditation is one of the ways to both help me perform at peak as well as lower my stress levels while I'm doing it. So it's helpful. Those are the two ways if you had to say, what can this do? Those are really meaningful things that can help improve your quality of life. 
Absolutely. But mindfulness is just the tip of the iceberg for what Headspace for Work can offer to an employer. So I wonder, what are you seeing? What's some of the feedback that you're getting from some of your clients? Well, our business has grown dramatically and tremendously. And our partners, once we've engaged with them, they stay with us and they stay with us for years. And what that means and how we partner actually with our partners is really sitting down and developing a long-term strategy that can help address the stress levels inside your organization. So companies, large and small, are coming to us not to say, hey, we need to offer a perk. Oh, we need to check a box. But actually are coming to understand that this might be a sickness in their culture that they should look at figuring out. So Headspace for Work has a lot of different programs, for instance, looking at the employee journey and really trying to identify places we believe in small changes. It's one of the things we talk about a lot. And so we look at the entire employee journey. Where are the small changes? We look at you know, what is the top-down example that your senior leadership are setting for your company? Can they or have they expressed vulnerability in their own management of stress? Have they created an environment of permission to raise your hand and say, I am stressed, I need to take a couple of days off? And more importantly, are they acting? Are they creating policies that specifically support and create space for employees to think about and improve their mental health and stability overall? The companies that are doing that best are seeing, honestly, the best adoption and getting the best engagement and seeing the best results from the Headspace program. That's really terrific. And I feel like there are forward-thinking, progressive organizations out there that are setting the standard at the leadership level and encouraging the workforce to really reclaim their own mental health. But then I also know just from being in this business that there are organizations out there that are stressed, that are feeling the challenges of productivity, right? There's a lot happening in the workforce right now, especially with COVID and societal unrest that's pushing workers in ways that we've never been pushed before. And so one of the things that I'm constantly banging on about is this idea of self-leadership, about putting yourself first, about taking these moments to really prioritize your own well-being. Because if you're not focused on you, (laughs) your work is definitely going to suffer. But I wonder if you have any recommendations along that vein to help people incorporate more mindfulness into their work days, maybe when they're employers aren't even thinking that mindfulness is a priority. Absolutely. There are a lot of opportunities to integrate mindfulness throughout your day. I'm going to start with the idea and the concept. And and honestly, I really started to understand a mindfulness experience and increasing my own performance through mindfulness by acknowledging that I have a relationship with my mental health and with my brain. You know, it's really easy that I have a relationship with my spouse, I have a relationship with my children, I have a relationship with my gym. But to reframe a little bit and say, I take ownership over where my head is. And I have the ability to really build a day-to-day relationship with my mind. It has been a really powerful reframing. The other thing, inside the app, we have three minutes little mini meditations. And what I found is that those three minutes, once every other day, that really counts. We have three-minute content in there because it really counts. The one thing that we hear our employees, we hear you know, our partner employees saying is that Headspace has helped them remember to breathe. 
when we're in stress environments, it's really easy to hold your breath. It's really easy to kind of hold everything in. And so the idea is that you can take three minutes over a 10-minute lunch break. It sounds like a lot. It goes really quickly. It's a small investment in your own relationship with your mental health. Other recommendations I might have is if you happen to be someone who is still commuting, you know, you can listen to a lot of different content that we have in the app. We also have ways and means. If you're going to be stuck inside your living room, working your dining room table, as so many of us are, we have 15-minute workouts. Get up, stretch, do a 15-minute workout. They're not going to make you sweat. They actually just move your body around. You don't need to worry about going to change your clothes. And so, again, I talk about little changes and we talk about taking little baby steps really in support of just building this long-term relationship with your mental health. That's really terrific. Those are great recommendations. And I like the theme that wellness is cumulative. I certainly have found that in my own life. You know, I have in the past been a runner, a marathon runner, and it's not like I woke up one day and said, I'm going to run 26.2 miles, right? I had to work at it slowly, but surely. And it's such like a silly example to give, but I have felt that way on my mindfulness journey as well. You know, I didn't wake up just being a meditator, I've had to work at that. So I love that Headspace offers those three-minute opportunities just to take a bite at the apple, just to try it. (laughs) And then from there, good things tend to happen. At least that's personally what I believe. So as we start to move towards the end of the conversation, I really want to get into the business case for Headspace for Work because there are so many leaders out there, entrepreneurs, HR professionals who listen, who often say things like, I need a business case for this, right? You know, I need proof that this is going to impact my organization. So I wonder, Lindsay, if you can talk to any research out there beyond the research of mindfulness that shows that Headspace for Work as an app, as a platform, as a program is improving the overall mental health and the outcomes for the workforce. Can you speak to that? Absolutely, I can. I want to be really sensitive to our current partners. And so I'm not going to talk in a lot of specifics, but here's what I can tell you, top line. In many of our organizations, we have demonstrated that if you meditate a couple of times a week, not 30-minute sessions, just a couple times a week, we've seen significant stress reductions in the employee population. It doesn't take a lot of work. And though, honestly, we are more than happy to help you create a business case if that's kind of what you're looking for. But If you're reducing stress levels, and we know reduced stress levels lead to higher employee engagement, increased productivity, increased focus, that can be or hopefully is enough proof to help create a business case. The other thing is that I think it's really important for people to know that whether you want to partner with Headspace or really anyone else in the market, you want to think about a partnership that is not just a flash in a pan. This is something that you may want to take a little extra time to build some of the business cases to really vet potential partners because you want to look for organizations that are going to be supporting you long-term who honestly pay attention to those metrics with you every month and every quarter, really help guide you along the way so that you don't get to the end of a contract and feel like, oh, my boss is going to be so mad at me because this didn't deliver results. Think about that from the very beginning. And I think that you'll get pretty far into the journey with a lot of successful results. Well, I think that's really good advice. I think there's the business case of it. Like how do you make the business case for mindfulness? But then there's also this stigma attached to mental health in many organizations. You know, a lot of companies 
don't want to touch it or they do, but they don't know how to. So I wonder if you can speak to how businesses and leaders can help remove some of those barriers and lessen the stigma attached to mental health and some of these potentially awkward conversations. You are 100% right that our culture, you know, as a country here in the U.S., our ideas around mental health are still evolving and the stigma still exists. One of the places, if you think about step back from just mental health and zoom out a little bit, there are components of your life and your lifestyle that can improve your mental health that you don't have to talk about necessarily, I'm feeling anxious, I'm feeling depressed. Because you have the opportunity, for instance, we have a sleep module inside of our application. And what we've seen is that in many companies, that is a much easier on-ramp. It is a lot easier to say, oh, I'm just not sleeping well. Or, oh, I really, you know, not even I need help, but it would be great to sleep more or many hours. Our culture has the idea, not everywhere, but we certainly have the idea that working hard and sleeping less and all sorts of other stuff is a sign of getting ahead. If you do buy into that, you better make sure that's pretty efficient sleep. And that's one of the core places, actually, that I would recommend most people think about onboarding into a mindfulness solution. It doesn't have to be, I have been diagnosed with something and therefore now I need help. I love that because so often the vector for all of this is like a crisis moment. And I do think it's a crisis that the American workforce doesn't sleep enough because I know in my own life, if I don't get enough sleep, I'm not performing. I'm just not performing as a human being, but we don't have to wait for someone to have a terrible moment of inflection in their life to intervene. I think you're right. Employers can offer something a little bit more gentle and helpful and sleep is a really great place to start. So thanks for that recommendation. You know, I think what I want people to leave this conversation with is a real clear call to action around mindfulness and meditation in the workforce. So what are your closing thoughts and what would you like to leave people with? The one thing, the headline that I would love for people to walk away from this podcast really thinking about over and over and over again is that your company is likely already suffering the impact of stress levels that are too high in your organization. This isn't necessarily going to be a brand new thing that you have to invent. This is likely happening already. So if you have this opportunity to address performance by addressing something that already exists, you're going to get ahead in a lot of the ways that matter in the workforce. Well, Lindsay, I'm so grateful to have had this conversation with you. I think it's going to be incredibly helpful to the listeners out there. I know my audience is always excited about really big ideas and a different take on the world of work. So if people wanted to learn more about Headspace for Work or the wonderful mental health trends report, where would you send them? The best place to get more information, resources, description of the program, reach out to us is to go to headspace.com slash work. That's terrific. And are you available to connect with people on LinkedIn? I would love that. Yes, I would absolutely love that. Please. Perfect. We will include your LinkedIn profile and all the good stuff, all the links in our show notes. And once again, I want to thank you for being a guest on Punk Rock HR. It was a really fantastic conversation. I really appreciate it too. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, everybody. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Lindsay from Headspace for Work. Now, we've got a ton of information in the show notes, links to the mental health report that we discussed, as well as programming and information on World Mental Health Awareness Day, and just good old-fashioned information about Headspace for Work. 
You want to see all that? We've got an awesome PDF takeaway at laurierudeman.com forward slash punk rock HR dash 128. As always, I'm super appreciative that you listened. I love that you want to fix work. So we'll see you next time on Punk Rock HR.